Welcome to another episode of the Deborah Health Report, where we dive into current health and medical topics to keep the Delaware Valley informed and updated. Last month, we started a new discussion with the director of the Women's Heart Center at Deborah Heart and Lung Center, Dr. Renee Bullock-Palmer, about women's cardiovascular health and ways to improve your heart health. This topic was so popular that we continued the interview for our March podcast. Here's Raza Kay. I'm Rasa Kay, and I am talking with Dr. Renee Bullock-Palmer. She is the director of the Women's Heart Center at Deborah Heart and Lung Center in the heart of New Jersey. And we are talking about women and heart disease, reversing heart disease. What's the range of how we can reverse it from lifestyle to pharmaceuticals to, I guess, surgery? Right. So heart disease, I would say for the most part, once you have had a blockage, it's very hard to reverse that process of that created the blockage. Um, you know, we can certainly open the blockage with a stent, but the disease state of that vessel is still present. And that's why it's very important that patients take their medication so that we can control um, the, the inflammation in, in that part of the vessel. We do that with statins. We also do that with aspirin and, um, and other medications. Now, there are certain diseases that can be um, I don't want to use the word cured, but it can be alleviated, like such as if you have a very tight valve, the surgeon can go in, they can replace the valve, or they can open the valve to make it larger, and then that disease state is, is treated so that that problem is no longer present. So it, it really depends on the range of the disease that you're speaking about. Now, certainly for certain rhythms of the heart, um, those can also be treated as well, and, and that can actually be reversed. So. It, it's, it's really dependent on, on the disease state that we're speaking of. Are there treatments that work better for women than for men? And I guess, are there side effects that are more common in women than men, depending on what you're dealing with? Right. Um, so there is um, a study that's ongoing now called the WARRIOR study. Um, that's W-A-R-R-I-O-R, WARRIOR study. That's actually looking at the use of nitrates and also um, renolazine, um, in, in, which is a medication that in, increases the blood vessels of the heart for women with heart disease but without a blockage. So the microcirculation that we spoke about. Those medications have been found to be very effective for women. Unfortunately, they're still underutilized. You know, a lot of these patients with chest pain will be easily sent to the lab without even having tried some of these medications, which actually have shown, you know, to be better benefit to, to women. That certainly is also unique to women. Now, having said that, one of the things that um, I'm very cautious about with my patients is that there are some patients that may consider being on hormone replacement therapy as they're in menopause. That's something that has been shown to increase the risk of heart disease. So I tend to recommend that my patients do not consider that. If they really have to because of overwhelming effects of menopause, only for a very brief of probably a year or so, and then try to taper patients off that. There are certain medications that one has to be very cautious about um, for women, especially if they're in the childbearing years, um, that you may choose not to use for those patients because it may have effects on the baby should they conceive and have a pregnancy, or if they're lactating, um, breastfeeding. Um, so those are some of the things. Um, and for, for SCAD, which was at the section that I spoke about, there are certain medications that should be avoided as well. Um, so it, it really depends on the particular disease state that the patient has. 
So I've, I've spoken to so many of your colleagues here at Deborah over the years, and family history is always such an important factor and, and just a really good, thorough, patient history. If someone really thinks they've been paying attention to all of that information and, hey, my cholesterol is awesome, I don't have heart attacks and heart disease in my family, I don't really need to sweat this so much, can they be surprised? by heart disease? Absolutely. Um, genetics and family history plays a major role in this. So there are some patients that will do all of what they should be doing. As you said, living a heart-healthy lifestyle, and then, wow, they just had a heart attack. You know. Um, so the reason why we um, have to watch these patients more cautiously is because, as you said, you know, these patients can develop unexpected disease. There are certain tests um, for patients who have had what we call a family history of premature heart disease, which what that really means is anyone, um, first degree relative, be it parent or sibling, who um, if they're male who have had disease, um, heart, heart attack before the age of 55, if they're female before the age of 65. So as first degree relatives, that's a parent or sibling. If you fall into that category, um, there are certain tests that can be done. Um, one that has been very beneficial is called a coronary calcium score test, which is a simple CAT scan of the heart without contrast, where the patient is able to have the scan done of their heart. The physician can then look at the scan and can look to see if there are calcium deposits in the blood vessels of the heart, which would then suggest that this patient actually does have um, what we call um, subclinical heart disease. That's heart disease that is not yet manifested. You know, So in those patients um, who have calcium deposits, those patients should be be on a, on a statin or to get their cholesterol low, lower because when you think of it, at that range of cholesterol that they had, they still de deposited calcium. So then you have to drive that cholesterol level even lower. So those are some of the tools that we do have available to detect subclinical disease in women. So no matter what you think your risk level is or, or how well you think you're managing, what's your family history, what your personal medical history is, what are the symptoms that hands down absolutely take seriously and call your doctor? Right. So um, symptoms such as, as I mentioned, chest pain, any chest sensation in the chest, be chest pressure, chest tightness. Um, I tend to prefer to use chest discomfort because oftentimes patients think, oh, it has to be painful. But any chest sensation that gets worse when you are exerting yourself, uh, when you're emotionally upset, and this is something that you're noticing occurring repetitively, that's not normal. Similarly, if you're having shortness of breath under those conditions where you know, you're having shortness of breath that is brought on with exertion or emotional upset, that's a red flag as well. Palpitations where you're feeling um, a long episode of palpitations that causes you to feel dizzy, and this is something that occurs frequently. If it's something that occurs now and then, doesn't really bother your activity, it's less of a concern. However, if it's something that's becoming progressively longer, impacting your ability to function, where you know, you're feeling dizzy, like even passing out, that's a red flag. Certainly, if you have passed out, that's a red flag for sure. So those are some of the symptoms, I would say. COVID certainly has heart impacts. Uh, as far as we understand so far, how does COVID affect the heart short term and, and longer term? And as far as we understand, does it seem to affect women's hearts differently? Do those COVID-related heart impacts present differently 
in men and women? Just what, what's our understanding at this point? We're still learning about this disease. I mean, you know, think about it last year, this time, we didn't even know what COVID-19 was. So we're learning as we have been treating more of these patients. And what has been shown is that COVID-19 can actually cause a hypercoagulable state, which is basically a state that tends to cause small blood clots all over the body. So this can affect your heart, can affect your brain, can affect the, the blood vessels to your legs, etc. Unique to the heart, um, you know, the, these hypercoagulable states can certainly cause situations where patients may present with a pulmonary embolism, which is a clot in the blood vessel of, of the lungs. Um, patients may also present with um, heart attacks. Now, interestingly, um, a lot of these heart attacks that patients present with for COVID um, uniquely have been linked to inflammation of the heart. So a term called myocarditis is something that um, these patients can present with. And the symptoms that they present with myocarditis are oftentimes similar to a heart attack. And in fact, um, these patients, their protein that a heart makes when you're having a heart attack that usually the physician or the, um, will measure when the patient presents, those proteins as, as is in heart attack that goes up also goes up in myocarditis, right? So um, the real, the best way to make the diagnosis for that is really a cardiac MRI, where we can actually look uh, and, and find these um, inflammatory, um, you know, signs of the heart that we can picture with the MRI. Well, and speaking of COVID and the burden on hospitals and certainly everyone's personal fear and stress about being exposed, what would you say to a woman who is worried about her heart feeling a little, her chest feeling discomfort or different? And is it stress? We're under an awful lot of that. What what should she do in this age of COVID? Right. So certainly um, one of the things that we actually saw in the beginnings of this pandemic is that deaths from heart disease actually increased um, where patients were actually presenting to the, to the hospital much later um, because of the fear of going into the hospital because of, um, you know, the risk of exposure. So with that, you know, the American Heart Association and other societies have actually tried to raise awareness that to not wait at home if you're having symptoms. It is a risk, of course, going into the hospital in this pandemic, but it's more of a risk to stay home and sit on something that could be fatal. So um, we have one of the things and the, the greatest please um, that we send out to our patients is to please do not stay home if you're having symptoms or any concern for your heart attack. It's, it's better for you to pick up the phone and call your doctor and, and say, okay, even if we can arrange a telehealth visit, because a telehealth visit, similar to what we're doing with the video calls, most of us on Zoom, you can actually speak to your physician they can make an assessment. They may not be able to physically examine you, but based on certain questions. And, and there are some really you know, technological advances where you can actually share your rhythm strip. If you have one of those at-home EKG monitors, you could share that with your physician. You can check your blood pressure. And based on some of those basic assessments, a physician might be able to tell, okay, you're in trouble. We need to see you in the hospital today or tomorrow, whenever, um, and can even probably arrange testing for you. So um, one of the things I beg my patients is to please do not stay home if you're having symptoms. Make a call, make an appointment. Your life is precious. So tell us a little bit about what's going on at the Women's Heart Center at Deborah Heart and Lung Center. How are you evaluating the risk for heart disease and, and managing it here at Deborah? 
Right. So, um, you know, the, the risk and management starts first with the encounter, the, the clinical encounter with the patient. So, you know, we do a thorough um, history with that patient, physical examination. Um, on the same day, we can actually arrange testing, which includes blood work to look at your cholesterol, your glucose, um, even your thyroid function. Uh, we have a whole broad variety of um, non-invasive tests that we do here at the Bore Heart and Lung ranging from an echocardiogram um, where we can have, you know, all the technological advances of echo, which is an ultrasound of the heart to look at the heart. We can also do a stress test to look at the blood supply um, of the heart. And we also have a very um, advanced uh, cardiac CT camera where we're able to do look at do a virtual um, scan of the blood vessels of your heart to look at the blood vessels for any blockages. And um, one of the benefits of, of coming to our institution, if you do have heart disease, is that if we do find something, we can treat it here. We do have a wide range of services ranging from open heart surgery. Um, we're also doing minimally invasive procedures such as the mitral clip procedure where we can actually fix a leaky mitral valve without the risk of opening up that patient's chest. We have TAVR. Um, we have the Watchman device. We also have a very wide range of electrical services uh, where we can actually treat any weird rhythms of the heart and put any devices in. We have quite a wide range of services here, and you know we do encourage our patients to seek help if they are having symptoms. You know, as women, I know oftentimes we we tend to put everyone else first ahead of our own health. But I'd like to really emphasize with all women, regardless of your age. You know, to seek help if you're having symptoms, please do not wait. And also make use of that well woman's visit. If you're above the age of 40, even if you're feeling well, you must see the physician to check where your risk is, your cholesterol levels, your blood pressure level, all of those things, because you'd be surprised how an ounce of prevention can be worth a cup of cure, if I could say that. You know, um, so, you know, really just trying to um, nip things early, get get treated early, and do not wait, especially in this COVID-19 pandemic. I know it's very difficult. We seem so distanced these days. Everyone is on a camera. But um, just never forget that at the end of the day, your life is precious. And if you're feeling symptoms, please reach out and get help, get medical attention. And we'll be more than happy to see you here at the Bore Heart and Lung Center. That was Dr. Renee Bullock-Palmer, Director of the Women's Heart Center at Deborah Heart and Lung Center. A new Deborah Health Report podcast drops the first Wednesday of every month, so do check back then for the latest information you need to know to keep your heart in great shape. I'm Rasa Kay. You can always listen to all of the informative Deborah doctor interviews at DeborahHealthReport.com. Schedule an appointment at DemandDeborah.org.